0: This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio.
1: When we think about the different industries, and every industry obviously has been affected by this crisis, we certainly think about the auto industry. So we're especially glad to have Tom Dahl with us. He is the president and CEO of Subaru of America. Joining us on the phone from Camden, New Jersey. Tom, first of all, thanks so much for joining us. And I trust all is well with you, your family and your team. Yeah,
2: Jason, thanks so much.
1: Doing well. Good. That's good to hear. Um, what's the car business like right now? How would you describe it?
2: Well, I would say, obviously, since the Ides of March, right, March 15th, um, it's kind of uh, been very difficult. Um, although I would say the last 10 to 12 days of the month, the business, our business has improved a little bit because retailers are now adjusting to maybe doing more sales online or adjusting to how they have to handle and treat customers. So it's improved quite a bit, I would say, over the last 10 to 12 days of the month.
1: Interesting. That's sort of like what we heard from Tim Cook yeah, <laughs> just, exactly. a, just a little bit ago.
0: So how much of an improvement, and, and what are your expectations for life after virus, especially, Tom, if the economy doesn't come back like some predict? Because we're all not expecting necessarily a V-shaped recovery. As, as our Mike McKee, who covers the global economy, said, it's going to be – people are talking more like a Nike swoosh. <laughs>
1: right.
2: Yeah, I think they're right. I think – in, in terms. don't get me wrong. When, when we say it's better, it's relatively better from yeah. the sure. beginning of the month. Beginning, beginning of the month, we thought we were going to be down probably somewhere – Around 65%. It looks like we're still going to be down, but not quite as bad as that, and hopefully less than 50% when we finally get the numbers in at the close of business today. Uh, I, I agree with you 100% that uh, this is going to be a little bit longer recovery than people thought, and only because of the depth of it. Remember, uh, we can say we're going to start up our factories, in which they're supposed to start up on May the 11th, but we're dependent on our suppliers to be able to make sure that we've got the parts to be able to produce the cars in the volumes that we need them to produce in. The other issue that's going to happen in the car business, I believe, is so many of the other manufacturers have so much inventory that have to be disposed of, and what's been happening in the fleet and rental car markets is something that uh, we have to pay attention to because those cars ultimately have to be disposed of in the marketplace as well. So it's going to be interesting when the market finally does open up and we see what happens uh, in terms of the competitive actions by some of the competitors.
1: So let's unpack that a little bit, Tom, if we can, because I, I want to take you back to something you said a minute ago about the supply chain. Because we were talking about this as it relates to Apple and many other companies. Um, you're a global company, uh, obviously, and cars are complicated. I, I don't have to tell you that; you know it much better uh, sure. than than we do. What have you seen so far in terms of the pain points and and how you're able to deal with them when it comes to the supply chain?
2: It's fascinating because uh, you know I've been around a long time uh, at our company
1: and around the car industry. You go back and to 1982 at the company, I, is that right?
2: I do. Yes, yeah, so I've, I've been around. I'm dating myself, right? <laughs> You've seen <laughs> some things.
1: I've, I've, I've seen, seen a lot.
0: <laughs> I'll
2: tell you what. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. Um, I, I've, yeah. I've seen my share of recessions, and this is completely different because it. You know, believe me when I tell you, it just shut down. You don't just simply close an automobile manufacturing plant for nine weeks and then just expect it to start right back up again. And the same thing with our suppliers. You just don't shut them down for that length of a period of time and not expect there's going to be some hiccups once the factories start to get moving again. And I think we have to plan for that as we begin to bring up our production capacity. It's going to be a little bit of a while, I think, before we get back to the levels of, of production that we had seen prior to the, to the shutdown. But it's going to be interesting to see how it all comes together. I know our folks are working very hard to make it happen.
0: Tom I am curious what worries you more what the the economy looks like and you know the confidence that consumers have to go out there and hopefully have jobs that they can buy cars or is it more the logistics of getting the suppliers and everything back up and running what worries you more
2: the economy we'll, we'll get the suppliers all figured out they know what they're doing and our production engineers are fantastic we'll get the factories back up and running I'm not worried about that I'm worried about the long-term impact that this might have on consumer, consumers and their willingness to buy and, and spend on important things like a car and expensive things like a car or a home, right? I mean, great news right now, right? Mortgage interest rates, you probably reported this earlier, are down to the lowest level ever, Isn't right? right. But, people aren't, but, the, but the housing market's in a tank. Uh, people, have to, people need to have some, some stability before they're going to be willing to go back out there. So how quickly and these can jobs be added back into the economy and we get back to the point where people now feel more comfortable?
0: Right. Well, you know, and the auto industry, as you well know, you know, incentives have often been a part of it. Does that make a difference in this kind of environment or what, what we perceive will be the economic environment on the other side of this?
2: Well, there's no question that the demand curve has shifted down dramatically. You know, before, before the shutdown, we were probably at a 16.8 to 17 million unit sales projection for this calendar year. Now everybody thinks, and myself included, that we're going to be somewhere between 13 and 14 million vehicles for the year. So there's been a big shift. And up until that point, as you know, production was, was being done to support that. So when you come out of this thing, there's, it's definitely going to be a buyer's market. And manufacturers are going to try to figure out how they can get that market share amongst themselves in that, in that much smaller market. And, and, you know, there probably are going to be significant levels of incentives that are going to be out there once it opens up. Um, we, you know, we have to be smart in how we play in that game because we're not, we don't have the resources that a lot of the other manufacturers have because of our size. We have to do things a little bit differently.
0: Guest is Tom Dahl. He's president and CEO at Subaru of America, joining us on the phone from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, uh, continuing our conversation with you. Tom, one thing I do wonder about, and, and I'm curious about Workers and we've been talking to a lot of CEOs about what they can do for their workers, what they can't do for their workers, and some of it depends on the industry. Tell me about your workforce and whether or not you've been able to hold on to people or or what.
2: Sure, for our, our headquarters people here that are based in Camden, we haven't laid off anybody. We've um, essentially have a policy now where people are working from home. There's only about a handful of us that come in here. Every day, because we have to essentially kind of keep the uh, the business running. But we're very concerned about the health and the safety and the welfare of our people, being in uh, being in New Jersey, one of the states that's most affected by it. Um, so we're very we're very concerned, and we're making sure that we we disinfect our building. We're making sure that uh, we're taking all the protocols, uh, the keeping the social distancing and so forth. But uh, so far, we haven't. Um, you know, we're we're keeping everybody on. It's, although there's a lot less work to do, right? Because we don't have the level of business that we had before, but um, so far we're trying to do what we can for our most valuable asset, which is our which is our our, our employees, our staff.
1: Right. Well, and Tom, as you alluded to, you know, you're there in New Jersey, Gerald's in New Jersey, I'm in New York. You know, we're all at the epicenter of this, in, in many right. ways, and so sort of seeing firsthand the effect of this. You know, and we've been talking a lot about this notion of, you know, what is the responsibility of a company to the broader community? I know that you guys have been involved with Feeding America uh, pretty closely along the way here. Tell us what you're up to and how that works at this time.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, what happened was we were when the pandemic first started, uh, you know, we saw the lines. What struck me was the lines that occurred in San Antonio. Uh, with the 10,000 people coming to a food donation center to get food. And so we came back to the office that day and we said, what can we do to uh, help alleviate the hunger crisis immediately? And we came up with the idea of working with uh, Feeding America in order for us to be able to move quickly. Because Feeding America, as you probably know, they're they're very, very, very good at uh, partnering with 200 food banks around the country where we also have retailers. And so our retailers can then partner with those food banks to make sure that they get the three. so we're donating. I'm sure you know this. We're donating 50 million meals to uh, Feeding America, enough to enough to um, you know satisfy uh, almost what 4. Point, what's that be 4.1 or 4.2 million families for a day in terms of their meals.
0: Yeah, it's it's a really important thing, and I do think about the responsibility of companies during a crisis like this. You know, Tom, with great fanfare, the you know the business roundtable talked about multiple stakeholders. It's not just about right. shareholder value, and it's a it sounds great, and I I think we're all wondering and watching companies and i've been talking with a lot of pr and brand experts saying you know this is going to be very crucial in terms of how companies go through this crisis and how they treat their customers as well as their workers and and it's going to be important and and consumers are going to start picking and workers will start picking where they want to be based on what companies do and i'm just curious how how you you guys all see this
2: Absolutely. You know, Subaru, I don't know if you know this or not, our company has always been about purpose. It's purpose in not, not just our products, but in how we approach the local communities where we and our, our retailers uh, do business. You know, we like to think of ourselves as being more than simply just a car company. You know, we do these Love Promise events that we call and we do these Share the Love events. You know, we've been doing it now for the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. And we and our retailers have raised over $176 million over the last 12 years. Uh, to, for both national and local charities within our retailers' area of responsibility. So we, we deeply believe in giving back, and we prioritize our employees first, just like the Business Roundtable said. Yeah. And, and we've been giving back for many, many years. So this isn't anything new for us to be uh, partnering up here with Feeding America. We've been doing this on a consistent basis for many, many, many years. And not, not, only, not only writing checks, but also having our retailers and our people at our company participating. And right. going out and helping in the local community it's a big
1: thing yeah and so tom uh just in the couple minutes we have left how does yeah. getting back to work how does that look to you because you furloughed workers you know you've got to sort of get folks back on the production line back building cars again what's the timeline for that i think you said mid-may you're sort of planning to to reopen walk us through what what happens
2: well, essentially, our factory is going to be opening up for production on May the 11th. But obviously, before that, we have to bring in staff to make sure that the lines are going to operate the way they're supposed to operate. Because this is the longest period of time, believe it or not, that that factory has been idled since it was constructed in 1989. Wow. So, so we have a lot of we have a lot of maintenance people that have to come in. Uh, a lot of the, the industrial engineers have to come in and make sure that um, as as one ship was leaving at the end of the day and they weren't they knew they weren't coming back to make sure that they know exactly where to take the individual production for those cars that are still working process on the line. So it's a very complicated restart-up um, restart of the factory that um, our, our people are very confident that they can do uh, and get that production back up and running as quickly as possible. But there's a lot happening really between right. now and May 11th for that to
1: happen. And would just... you be fully employed basically right, right when you get back?
2: Essentially, yeah. Okay. We, our, our intention is is to call back all of the workers. Um, they've all been notified. And, and of course, uh, with our headquarters here in New Jersey, th- for the people here, they'll probably have to stay in place for mm-hmm. a, a little bit longer. We don't know how much longer because Governor Murphy hasn't right. lifted the executive order, so we'll have to play that
1: by ear. All right. Very good. Thank you so much. We uh, look forward to catching up with you. Again, thoughtful conversation and uh, on point Tom Dahl, President and CEO of Subaru of America, joining us on the phone from Camden, New Jersey.